He had a fair shake at that stick. Shake of the stick? The stick. Uh. Man, so many people are playing at Tulips now. Tulips in is a great venue. Austin? I've never been. No, Fort, Fort Worth. Worth. Fort and Worth. most people on their um, uh, posters are putting Dallas. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So funny. Poor Fort Worth. Tulips. Yeah, but they've always been like that. I guess. Poor fucking... Unless it's like a country band or, you know. I don't believe in any of those, like, rivalries of, like, uh, Houston or Dallas. A lot of so, people believe in those rivalries. I know. That's why they're a thing. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people enjoy those, too. So yeah. when I say poor Fort Worth, I actually mean that. Like, uh, oh, that sucks. Yeah. That, like, someone doesn't think uh, <laughs> Fort Worth is worth putting on a poster. Fort Worth is worth. Mm. That was great. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> I think I can. I think I can hear your fingernail hitting the. Yeah, could, could you hear that? Like, yeah. Quick, could you hear that? Yeah. This fancy new screen. Fancy new. It's, well, I mean, it's a. It's a the new phone. It's a phone. Yeah, it was, I was. I was very lucky with that. What? Yeah, but it's still a new screen. If it's a new phone. Well, Technically yeah, but the truth. Okay. Fuck. Morning. Welcome to Don't Feed the Artist. <laughs> I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. I'm Jackson. And my official title today is Bloody Whip Lip Watcher. <laughs> That's a great name. It's not because it's on on this side. Uh, my dog, uh, like an idiot, was cradling my dog like a baby yesterday at my mother-in-law's house, and he was super excited because he was playing with my sister-in-law's dog. And I picked him up and was cradling him and went in to give him a kiss on the cheeks, and he would so he was like, "Nah, motherfucker," and uh, bit my lip. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you're not the idiot on this one. He's are a puppy. Calling my dog an idiot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's a puppy. What He's do you a mean? Puppy. Yeah, puppies he, do puppy things. He felt bad though. Yeah, maybe of course. Because yeah. I was like, I was like, I have to go to the bathroom, and I set the dog down, and I was like, uh, somebody get my wife, and she was like, we need to get you a stitch, and I was like, it's not that bad. Uh, Just uh, a lot of blood. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, after you after you sent me that the, the picture last night, I was reminded of the time when I was uh, in fifth grade and uh, our childhood dog, we were playing, leaped at me and bit a t- chunk out of my lip out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like everybody's had that. Like uh, I had a similar thing where I was like up in a dog's face yeah. and it fucking just bit my nose. Yeah. Uh, this was this this was like a, that was like that was a pretty uh, it was a, it was like a eight stitches I think was that yeah, one but I'm I've never had I'm stitches. gonna miss the little guy the lip we put him down oh well you put him physically down <laughs> yeah I put him physically down <laughs> yeah, I physically yeah, yeah. put him on the ground yeah um uh also other interesting thing that I wanted to update us on it's not music related but I wanted to we talked a lot about uh, uh about uh, uh Kim and Skeet uh and um i wanted to to do a tattoo update for us all because we talked about tattoos um so uh she he actually has three tattoos for her um and uh the one that we saw that says kim on his chest is not actually one of those three it's for lil kim that is a branding what he got a branding <laughs> like what? like a like, cattle prod like a it cattle was, uh, prod. it's gonna be in jackass 4.5 <laughs> he got so a he, he did that and it's not like a tattoo that looks like a brand but an know. actual brand he got kim branded on him huh and he got three other tattoos and she was she didn't like go into specifics of what they were but she was she she said they're very cute and they're very sweet and i'm sure they are and the branding is very cute and very sweet too but oh my god <laughs> how long have they been dating 
uh, what, like six months? I feel like that's too soon to get a tattoo for somebody. Well, but we I talked about let the, alone the, multiple. The way that we, Pete we Davidson communicates Pete. Yeah. his tattoos. I think so. he was. <laughs> that's his love <laughs> language. Smoke <Yeah>. signals. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was dating Ariana Grande less than that before uh, they got engaged. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood, baby. Yeah. 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 The headphones are loud. Oh. I'll fix that for you. Don't Turn worry. Me down in the headphones. Let's uh, let's let, let let's. Yeah. Now that we're <laughs> Just, rolling. Yeah. I could um, I could have said that at any point. So we'll we'll do a little Dolly Parton update if that's cool with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, last last week, uh, the conjectures were that Dolly Parton didn't quite understand uh, that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not just rock and roll, and uh, those rumors have been substantiated that uh, she indeed rescinded her uh you know nomination because she thought it was a uh you know she's like oh i don't belong there and uh, she was quoted as saying like me joining the rock and roll hall of fame would be like quote unquote acdc in the country hall of fame i get your point but yeah it's just a naming thing and then um also she said something about like i don't want to split votes i don't think that's how this works right I don't know if that's how it works or not, honestly. I think it's just a thing, like, when you're nominated, it's like, you're in. Like, well, we're, we're, we're saying you're in, and then, like, we're going to have a, like, ceremony, and that will be your yeah, induction. That, that might be the case. I mean, yeah. it, they're, they're, I mean, it would kind of suck if you got nominated, and then you just don't get in because not enough people know who you are, maybe, or something it's like that. It's just odd. So that's probably not the case. Yeah. But that being said... uh after she, you know, like this was a, a hot topic last week. Uh, apparently, there were no invasions happening that were more important. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has declined Dolly Parton's decline of their <laughs> nomination. Which makes me think it doesn't matter that you were nominated. You're in now. Yeah. You just haven't yeah. been inducted yet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I think we really should keep that going. It, honestly, it's smart of them to decline it because publicity yeah when uh, nobody gives a shit about the rock and roll hall of fame it's just like it's very random anyone cares about it it's just like your favorite band will be inducted and you're like hell yeah and then like you'll never think about it for another five to ten years right they'll do something really cool when they like for the performance and that's it yeah they should get uh the guys from acdc to to induct her (laughs) oh man that'd be so fucking good but that being said to wrap up this update uh Steve Albini, uh, legendary producer who uh, did Nirvana's last album and has done multiple other things, but that's his like kind of claim to fame, really. Uh, Steve Albini has offered to produce a Dolly Parton rock record, so we might be able to rectify this whole dang thing. Yeah, I'd love to rectify this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to see Steve Albini and Dolly Parton interacting. I, I think that'd be great. I, I... <laughs> well, Steve's just such a sweetie. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, Dolly Parton. I want royalties. <laughs> he tried to get me to go gambling with yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, not on the Lord's Day. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess we uh, jumped around a little bit, but then I'll do uh, one last update uh, before we get into our topic for the day. And that is, of course, a Kanye update. So Kanye has, uh, you know, from all of his antics that we've mentioned, all of his, uh, you know, public harassing, um, Kanye has uh, was suspended from Instagram uh, for, I believe, only 24 hours. Yeah. I, I think he's back on, but he was suspended for 24 hours. 
uh, after violating their hate speech, harassment, and bully policies. Uh, his normal targets were Kim and Pete Skeet. And, Pete Skeet. You know, but apparently Meta decided the final straw appeared to be when he called Trevor, Trevor Noah a racial slur. Apparently that'll do it. They said, look, Pete Skeet, fine. Kim, that's cool. Trevor Noah, we'll fucking kill you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Animations murdering or burying Skeet alive. That's all you're good. Totally fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you direct one racial slur at Trevor Noah. Yeah, you're fucked, dude. And like Trevor Noah, like basically it was in the comment section. What was happening is Trevor Noah was saying, like, look, man, I don't give a shit what you're doing out in the limelight. I don't care who you dislike, who if you're what like all that kind of stuff. That's totally fine. I don't care. But like I'm so sad, like I've always like you're such a genius and I love what you've done. This is Trevor Noah speaking. And he just basically was like, it's just so sad. Like I want you to get help. I want like you, I don't want you to tarnish your legacy like this. And then basically Kanye being Kanye was like, get fucked dude. So did you watch the video Trevor Noah made about the whole thing? No, the, the, he basically he brought up a really good point. He was saying, uh, he's like, if one of the most powerful women in the world can't even get away from someone who's trying to throw her under the bus. How can we expect the average everyday woman to do it? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, I, he, I didn't know this, but he brought up that his, I think his father actually shot his mother in the head. So he was like, he's like, I'm not saying Kanye is going to do this, but he's, he, he's showing signs that it could get to this point. And he was like, again, I'm just not saying that he's going to do this. Right, but he's got that personal like yeah. connection. Yeah. To that. So he is like, I would rather I would rather look like an idiot with my uh, hazard lights on because I think there's going to be an accident than never have put my hazard lights on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck, that's a good point. And it's super sad because like he, it sounds like he's genuinely coming from a place of like, hey Kanye, like I really like I really respect you and I want you to get better. And then. But, like, multiple people have done that. Um, so it's just, fuck. I hope Kanye doesn't get that bad. I hope that this is truly just, like, what a lot of people say of him just going for the PR slant of it. But, unfortunately, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I mean, it kind of increasingly feels like that maybe isn't the case. Like, yeah. That it's not just the PR, but it's he's, you know, in his own world thinking about his situation, which is not great from yeah. his point of view. Yeah, so. From where he's coming from, there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got millions of fans in the comments telling him he's right. Yeah. So. I like, there was a deleted scene that <clears throat> from, uh, from, from Genius, his documentary that got posted onto YouTube. And the deleted scene was basically like him working with an artist and him like talking to like, like, like kind of producing the song. I can't remember who the artist was, but producing the song, working with like the engineer, all this kind of stuff. And uh, he like, has all these great ideas but talks about them like he's like lost it entirely he's like talking about like he's like you know sometimes i'll put like the bridge where the verse is because that's where the good shit is he's like the bridge is the verse and the verse is the bridge and i'm like shut shut up this is and and the person he's working with is like uh-huh yeah <laughs> wow that's so cool <laughs> cool kanye <laughs> like talking I've, to a toddler you've been watching the documentary i haven't finished right? it yet i finished how, it how is it how is uh it's it's very insightful but it ends horribly i mean of course it's not connie's not dead hagan do you mind if i ask him where it ends sure but this does it end like where it started because it started out it started in 2020 right yeah Yeah. it ends there and he's just kind of like 
the guy who made the documentary, I think what kind of felt like he wasn't sure how he wanted to end it. So he just ended it on saying like, sometimes I look up in the sky and I see Donda and my dad. Uh, and I know they're looking down on us and, and that's it. Weird. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I mean, that is one of the downsides to making a documentary about somebody who's still alive. Is yeah. It's hard to like have a natural wrap ending. it up. Yeah. 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 Cause you can't just go, well, they're still here and it's, 2020 that's always <laughs> i remember i read like a radiohead uh biography and like it ended right before in rainbows came out and i was like god that was such a fucking tease yeah <laughs> like they were like yeah they played this song called uh arpeggi and we think it's gonna be really good and i was like you don't even fucking know dude <laughs> you don't it's their best know. record um so uh last thing on kanye is that uh his uh grammy's performance has been um apparently pulled uh, a representative for him uh, confirmed that his set was pulled due to quote unquote concerning online behavior. So yeah. Do you think Taylor Swift let out a sigh of relief? Yeah, maybe somewhere in the world. She was like, <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> you can come out now, Taylor. <laughs> She's in the closet at the great. Don't, don't worry. You'll get an award now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's another Kanye thing. I can't wait to not talk about Kanye. That day will, uh, it'll, it'll be a that's, while. I was that day say, to come. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I guess soon. I'm in control of this. I could just not talk about it. Yeah, but then I'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the news. Yeah, that's the news. Uh, you know, we've been teasing this topic, but uh, we're going to be talking about music criticism. And I, I think just for me to make this an easier, more digestible talk, topic, just criticism as a whole. Uh, for me, the way I'm going about this is um, music criticism and why do we care about it? What like it music reviews, movie reviews, any type of reviews are an odd thing, I feel, because even if I like something like if I've gone to see or if I've listened to a record, and I'm like, fuck, this is a 10 out of 10. I still go and listen to reviews, which is weird because like I'm not getting my um opinion on it i'm like why why do i care what other people are thinking about it it's it's also like do you ever do you ever watch a review or like you know watch the needle drop anthony fantana or whatever before listening to the thing and well and that was the other thing i was yeah. gonna say is that like sometimes i will see a review for an album and i'm like wow these people are gushing about this so hard like so i'll use the example of the Foo Fighters. You guys are always going to listen to a Foo Fighters song, a record when it comes out. For me, I'm really not going to go uh, to it. But if I see Pitchfork's giving it an eight or a nine, I'm going to be like, okay, well, why? Why, why did you guys get there? And then I'm going to go listen to it. So it also has that power of swaying me of like, I'm not going to go into it and be like, well, this, like, well, Pitchfork said it's a nine, so uh, it's a nine. I'm going to go into it of like, well, there's some there's got to be something here i want to find it what's the hype yeah yeah it's so weird I, I i think that there's there's like there is the power of just like communication about music right i mean we as we as a friend group tell each other this album is really good or this song or this you know this 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 you should listen to this thing right um and we kind of give our own like critical review of that thing to our to to us as a group like this is really good because of x y and z i think you'll like it because of x y and z so i think that the problem that we that i come across personally with like music criticism is um i i tend to think that people who are reviewing music are like 
really not reviewing it from the best places. Um, I, I, I've grown to really like Anthony Fantano, um, but more what I like about him is not necessarily like his actual reviews that like like his scores, but he co he he does so detailed like listening and work on the on the record on like the reviews. And I think this is and this is probably like maybe like a little bit, uh, I don't know, pretentious of me, but I feel like I mean, every person listens to music. But why why does this person get to review music? Do they know a lot about music or do they just listen to a lot of music and know a lot about like like the artist or like the industry in some facet, right? Because what I think about like uh, Fantana though is what's really cool about that knows, is well, yeah. Well, not just that, but like he built an audience. So that's yes. why we've given him that credibility because we're like, oh, well, this guy has shown the work. Whereas like when we're talking about Pitchfork, a new writer could just be anyone. And why have we given them that power? And that's what's cool about a modern day yeah. reviewer is that like, if you're a YouTuber, you're not gonna get clout unless like you actually like people think you're worth it. Yeah, I think I think that there's like a really like a really big thing where I I, I people who are like hired at Pitchfork, for example, right, who are gonna review albums. I'm like, I, I just don't understand like why you think like you like you have the hubris to be like this album sucks and my opinion is the one that's like going to be the one that like sets the record straight on if you knock that poster over i'm gonna lose it okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh like it's it's just it, it's it's such a strange concept for me but what i what i will say also is that like i i go to i i'm i get curious about reviews a lot so like i was super into the briston moroni record it was my album of the year last year uh like no one reviewed it it's like what the fuck? Why would no one review this? This is so good. It's released on a major label. He's selling out everywhere he goes. I don't get this. This blows me away. It's such a it's it's a, such a weird thing where I, I become curious to see if people liked it, and then I get angry because like no one's even talking about it. And then why do I care? Yeah. Uh, one thing you touched on is like you don't pay attention to the scores. I completely agree with you there, and I don't know if we all agree on this, but I would venture to say we do. But uh, I think scoring art is really like it's detrimental to it just as a whole. Um, and my reasoning behind this is like, I'm just going to use Anthony Fantano as an example here. He's only given a handful, I think like four or five, 10 out of tens. Last year he gave Lingua, Lingua Ignota's record center, get ready a 10 out of 10. What did he give spelling? 10 out of 10. Okay. And to pimp a butterfly. That's what I was about to say. So are you going to tell me, that to pimp a butterfly <laughs> and lingua ignota are should be ever like compared to each other because yeah. i i would argue no are those both 10 out of 10s yeah but should they ever be compared absolutely not well and then having some kind of just like unseen system even though anthony fantano as an example is like so well like studied in this like and he knows he listens to the album a lot he's very detailed you you kind of look at this and you see like I mean, it's we're looking at two different, like two very different albums, and somehow they still line up on the same spot. So it's like an unspoken kind of like, I mean, it's opinion. It's like he always says it's his yeah. opinion. It's it's subjective. So it, it becomes a very different thing. What what it always makes me think of, and and again, this is like a, a, a weirder way, a weirder place to go down, but it makes me think of like juries in college, mm -hmm. and it makes me think of like like music education. Please explain. Uh, juries in college what are you talking about so like so like the end of the semester like i had to I, this is I, a music college yeah, mu thing, yeah right? music school yeah okay. so i had to prep like a number of songs 
uh, to sing, and then they would like it would be in front of the faculty, and they would pick two. I would pick one. They would pick one, and then uh, I would wait like a week, <laughs> and then I would get us like a folder full of all of their scores, um, and that was basically my grade for my like voice lesson class, quote unquote. Right. That's interesting. Um, or it reminds me of like like Adam, you were in band, and, and Jackson, you did like choir in high school, like competitions. It yeah. reminds me of like the scoring and this in this in this thing where like. This isn't what music's about, but for some reason we've put this insane pressure on like getting a like a five at UIL or whatever, yeah. or one. Which one's the best one, one or five? I think, I it's, a think one. it's one. Is it one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't okay. know. I never, I never <laughs> did very well. The, the thing about we it, got ones every year, baby. <laughs> well, I have a student that like made it to uh, state or something, all state. like or all yeah. state, something like that, and yeah. but I kept telling him like, hey, if 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 you don't get this, it means nothing about your playing. Because yeah. it's based on one day, one moment, and also if you're well, the top and of that, those like that. judges at that moment too. Like, yeah, there are so the many different of, factors. If it's the end of the day, it might not be good for you. Also, like if you're at the top of that, like don't like that doesn't mean like you can just stop working. Like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, I, and that like and this kind of off on a tangent, but it's the same thing of like that competitive nature. I think just like in all arts, uh, I think that NPR tiny desk competition that they do every year is really just a horrible thing. I think it's really stupid to have all these like all these artists competing like that. I think that's just like I think it feels super shitty and like the one of the bigger pay to play type situations. Yes, yeah. And I, I it's just like, no, I don't I don't think we should degrade art in that way. Yeah. I think I, I, I I'm I, not judging anyone who no. does that. Yeah, of course. Gotta play the game, but I wish we were in a situation where that wasn't necessary. I think I think the thing that like that I'm that I'm getting to with all like the scoring is like it it, it rings true and rings in a similar fashion to how music and albums are reviewed to this day. You get a out of five system or out of 10 system and you're and in like now the difference being you're not releasing that album knowing the variables at which the judges are going to judge you on which makes it that much harder to like hope that pitchfork's going to give you a good a good score Um, and all the different places that'll review your album or whatever have different criteria exactly to vary by reviewer too so it's it's like a giant black box you don't have any idea how to like game it yeah, yeah. So it becomes this. It became becomes this like this thing where like, like, I I end up I, I see it and I kind of end up thinking that it like does like sometimes like a detriment to like what the artist like what the music is in a sense where like like how how many times has something come out like like let's let, let's take one of my favorites from last year too, Colors Two, uh, that got like a lot of not great reviews. Um, people were like, yeah, this wasn't what I was hoping it was going to be. Uh, I loved the singles and this wasn't very good as a whole. Um, but I love that album. I think it's great. I think it's I think it's an excellent – but, like, people are going to see those reviews and maybe go like, oh, well, I just won't listen to it then. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, you mentioned the, uh, the Foo Fighters record, the last one that came out. We are talking about Fantano. He gave it a not-so-good review. He was just like, yeah. it seems like they're just – going through the motions and then he was mocking love dies young yeah the song and i it i stopped listening to that record for like a good two months after watching that because i was like oh he's kind of right which i'm sure if he heard that he would be like hey man like if you liked it you shouldn't do that and yeah. he will be like hey don't don't listen to me in that way yeah but, but I mean, like, it does change the way it, you feel about it yeah it has that effect on you and here's another example of that like uh pitchfork gave we all know fetch the bolt cutters by fiona apple a 10 out of 10 uh, and then also uh, Radiohead's OK Computer, Flaming Lips, Soft Bulletin. I don't think that those should be like compared to each other. I think they're just 
just different. Well, having like upper echelon albums makes sense, but like the criteria at which these albums get 10 out of 10 or like high ratings is, is like you said, just like an open, like you don't know what it is. Right. What, what sucks is that like, imagine a late middle schooler or high schooler who's like coming into music and really starting to, to develop their own taste. And they, they're into pitchfork, they're reading it and they say, they see Fiona Apple and they're like, I love this. And then they go listen to Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. And they're like, well, this got a 10 out of 10 as well. I'm going to go listen to that. And they don't like it. And for them, they're like, well, I'm like, what's wrong? Like, I, I guess I just yeah. like, I don't get music. And it's just like, that. that's what I don't like about it. I, I've been through that because yeah. because there were like, and I'm sure we all have been through that, where like you see an album is like so fucking popular and it, like people love it and you go listen to it and you're like, well, why don't I like this? You were that way with Radiohead for a while, right? Big time, big so, time. So like, that's so odd for like music school, I bet. I, fe I bet you felt like a, you can really go one of two ways on that. You can either feel like an outsider of like, I really want to like this, but I just don't. Or you can start being, you know, an internet troll of be like, well, it's actually not that good. I I, I definitely had those kind of moments. Everybody but, did. But the but but with Radiohead, you couldn't because everybody would just like shove the theory in your face of why it's good, and that is a that is a metric in the minds of some people. Like it's like reviewers aren't listening to the songs in the sense of like, this is good because of an interesting theoretical thing. Right. I'm not saying that's how we should do it, but like, that's not, they're not coming at it from a, an academic standpoint at all. Right. But like music, the music students in, in, in college would come at everything from that standpoint, from that academic angle of like, well, this is cool because, or this is, this is not cool because it's too simple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you guys, uh, I know we didn't set this up, but you guys want to play a game real quick. Sure. Yeah. Let's get do the it. Shots out. I got it. All right. So what I'm referring to right now is Pitchfork has a uh, article called 25 Years of Pitchfork Reviews by the Numbers, where they've taken the statistics of every review they've ever given. It is 27,809 reviews total that they're pulling this from. So our first question is going to be, there are five correct answers here. Okay. Uh, and I'll give you each an opportunity to pick a number. And by the way, Pitchfork does... Uh, one decimal point so you can have a you know a 1.2 review that kind of thing so they're they're basically scaling from like zero to 100 correct uh so which is insane this first question and i'll have two questions for you guys this first question is least used ratings any of these five ratings have only been used once dave 6.9 wrong drink <laughs> this is <laughs> jesus <laughs> Um, uh, 9.3. Wrong. Drink. Fuck. Oh, this is a losing game. 9.5. Wrong. Drink. Yeah, I figured that out. All right. <laughs> Seeing two of these, I'm like, yep, that makes sense. A 9.9. .9. At that point, you'd give it a 10. Yeah. Mm, right? That's true. That's true. 0 0.1. That's true. At that that would, point. That would suck to be the artist who got a 9.9. .9. Yeah. 0 0.1. 0 0.3. 1.1. And 1.4. Hmm. All of those have only been used once. Interesting. Damn. We move on. One point one was in my head, and I was like, I don't know. I feel like you wouldn't just give somebody a one. That sounds bad. You, I don't. You'd bump them up a little bit. <laughs> Does it say how many times they've used six point nine? No, I don't <laughs> see that on here. Um, but getting into this, uh, some of the positive ends of this. What I think is kind of positive about this is so. I think I mentioned this off air, so I'm going to repeat it. And if I said it on air. 
uh, forgive me. I there are some bands that I really like or some artists that I really like where in my mind um, they're just they're wonderful but like no one's super into them and uh, they're not like these bands that are like Lingua Ignota I get why people don't like that and I'm talking about like my biggest example is the Mountain Goats that's one of my favorite bands and I think will be always um, but the issue is is that they're just not big enough unless you're already in that fan group um so there have been a couple times like dave i i sent you that pine grove record 1111 and i remember because i was feeling this like really this excitement about this record and i was like i want to share this with someone and i know my partner won't like this music so i'm gonna like send it to someone i think will like it and as soon as i sent it to you not this isn't your fault this is my own i was like oh i wish i had kept that to myself i immediately was like (laughs) If he doesn't like it, like I'm, like I just wish I hadn't said that, and that's shitty. It, it's shitty of me, and like shitty of like to feel that way. I totally understand it, though. I mean, you don't you you want to send? It's it's a vulnerable thing to send some somebody something like yeah. like that, and you're like, yeah. please like this, please. Oh, yeah, I mean, like I'm on a roll with Dave right now, oh. so I'm just sending him shit constantly. Dude. Everything I've sent him is yeah. really good. So three I'm three for uh, three, yeah. over one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's like so like with the mountain goats, I'm so into that band, and that's just not something that I'm ever going to attempt to share with people. Yeah. But you got you got to hold that close. Well, you yeah. don't want to share it with people. You don't want you might not even want to read reviews because you go like I don't want anything to. Yeah, but screw then, with how I feel about this thing. But then on top of that, whenever like so, Mountain Goats released two records in a short amount of time within the past like twelve months, like a rolling twelve months. And the first one, people were like, oh, it's kind of a mixed bag. And I think I agree with them overall. And then the second one, Dark in Here, that they released, everyone loved it. Like, Pitchfork gave it, like, a nine. And I was just like, fuck yeah. I felt so good, like, in this sense of this triumph of, like, I was so excited to see people really liking it. And I think at that point, it really clicked to to me why anybody gives a shit about... um, like criticism, whether it's uh, art review or sorry, in movie reviews, uh, any type of review, music, and I think it's just because we love to be part of a conversation, right? Yeah, that's why we do this podcast, and that's just an extension of that. When I'm listening to Anthony Fantano, I don't give a fuck about his uh, review number. Yeah, I just like to hear what he's talking about. I remember the Billie Eilish record, uh, the most recent one that came out. Everything he said, we had recorded our review before him, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's everything I said!" <laughs> like we both gave it like a, like I'm a, a I'm seven on it. <laughs> I think we like gave it like a seven or something. I was like, "Not that that's the right number, because there is no right number." But like I was just like, "This is crazy." I right. feel like him and I are on the same wavelength, and then it's also the other thing, uh, Anthony Fantano. And I'm sorry that I'm using Pitchfork and Anthony Fantano, but Those they're the like- most. Yeah, you should do a super cut of all the times we said Anthony Fantano. On this <laughs> but he's the; those are the most like contentious ones. Either yeah. people really that they're tastemakers, or they fucking hate them. Yeah. Um. But like, on the opposite end, I think Carrie and Lowell's a ten out of ten, and Anthony Fantano gave it like a six. Right. And so like I listen to that, and I'm like I'm I just disagree with you, and it's that thing of just having that dialogue, even if it's not like it's subjective. I don't think it's like. I feel like I'm actually having a conversation with Anthony Fantano, but it's a, it's a way for me to continue that in my head as right. opposed to listen to the record, feel something, and then it's over. 
Yeah. I think I think uh, to, two things going to the subjective thing really fast is is I think that could the potential problem with reviews is that it takes away the subjective nature in some form right it takes away the subjective nature of like I am listening to this and just listening to it based on my own opinion of it and your opinion can always change based on your mood and and you know as an age and everything like that but like you still have a raw opinion in that moment of who you are and a review can take away that subjective nature in and in, in sometimes a way that is like like I can't believe that happened. Like I, like I can't believe I read this review and it influenced the way that I felt about this thing when I could have loved it or hated it, but maybe this review made me love it. Going back to what you said too, Jackson, about like being a part of a conversation. I mean, we're talking about music, but you mentioned movie reviews. The Batman came out recently, right? And everyone at work is like, we love this movie. And then one of our coworkers is like, uh, I heard he didn't like it. And I, I said out loud, I can't wait to talk to him about it. Like, <laughs> like I, I cannot wait to have that conversation. I think you're that type of person though. Cause this happened the other night, actually, I mentioned a star Wars thing and I, I literally said, man, that Obi-Wan trailer looks sick. And I found out it was a joke, but you're like, Oh, I think it looks like dog shit. And then <laughs> everyone at the table went into this star Wars discussion. And I was like, fuck. I hate this. Yeah, I yeah, hate yeah. it so much. It, it devolved. <laughs> it devolved into my partner and me, and this is the proudest moment of that night for me. Was her and I chanting, "No more comic book movies, only jackass!" <laughs> and we just kept chanting that at the bar. I, uh, I Scorsese's like. Mm-hmm. I think I think the thing that I really I think that I'm guilty of it in some way, but I think what I like like more than anything is with is with, with like people that can have a conversation is having like a, an an actual back and forth and not just like a we all love this thing or like I'm too afraid to say I don't. You're like not going this for thing. discourse. No, I don't. You're going for a conversation. I would rather have a conversation with someone about about like what we're what what we're listening to, what we're watching, and like because I, I also know that like to a lot of people, my taste in music sucks and my taste in TV shows sucks and my taste in movies. Like it's, it's the same kind of thing for like everybody from some perspective. And I feel like from a lot of perspectives, my shit, like my taste kind of sucks. It so sucks that you feel that way though. But it, it and you're change. right. People do tell you that. I've yeah. heard people <laughs> yeah. tell you that, but that's, that's you wrong. Shitty taste. I've heard that a lot. Oh that's my God. wrong. But, and, and the reason we're saying that is because Hagen likes the DC movies and he likes metal music. Yeah. yeah. And he likes, uh, what's, <laughs> what's that? cheesy tv oh, studio the cw cw, CW. And, I, like and, I CW all, shows. and i also watch Grey's anatomy yeah uh but like like the, the the thing is is that like it took me a long time to get to a point where i don't care about people saying that but what it has led me to be like what, what has led me to enjoy is true conversation not just someone telling me my taste sucks but more like oh you don't like this thing why don't you like this thing here's why i like it and it led me to be more introspective in myself and I do think that like music criticism, if you're doing it on your own course, can lead you to a really great place. But once you're using other voices to get to your own music criticism, then you're not really forming your own opinion. It's just weird how that how that can have such an effect on people. Like you were talking about younger people earlier, Jackson, like being a 17 year old kid. I remember in my first year of, of music school, I was practicing some like Victor Wooten stuff on the bass. And my bass teacher looked in and he's like, oh, hey, I'm like, what's up? He's like, oh, I just wanted to see who wasn't practicing jazz. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should stop listening to Victor Wooten. Yeah. After all, I am in jazz school. <laughs> and then by the end of, by the time I was done with grad school, I was in a practice room listening to Radiohead in my headphones and practicing arpeggios because I was so tired of doing that. So it's like I grew up to a point where I was like, I need to just fucking enjoy what I enjoy. So music criticism is tough because it can change the opinion of of what you think of something. Like, do you think, uh, like, 
your teachers and not like your favorite teacher because maybe they're your favorite teacher because they were an open-minded person but your favorite music teacher knowing you like your favorite band right now is dos do you think that they would be like well then why are you in jazz school no i don't think so because right before i graduated my bass teacher in grad school was like I don't think you're going to play jazz for a living. And I was like, I absolutely am not going to. And, and, and he, I was like, I don't know if you can play jazz for a living. But he was like, he was like, I totally understand that. I think you're going to be great at whatever genre you choose to, to play. We were, we were joking the other night though, about if he did see you, he would like grab your hands and go like, you're not playing upright. I can see, I can see. That Where you're not are playing your calluses? Yeah. <laughs> your hands are too soft, man. <laughs> very rough hands dude i know they're super rough <laughs> i did have one teacher though one time uh i played a gig with him I, he was the latin jazz teacher and i was in his latin jazz band and i played like a gig he with was him. latin or He's, he, was... he is latin but he was teaching us how to play like latin music and i played a gig with him like two or three years after i graduated and he goes what happened poppy <laughs> and i was like what do you mean and he's like everything i taught you it's gone <laughs> I was like, how did that feel uh, it felt horrible <laughs> i mean i was able to laugh it off but like i wanted to be like fuck you man i love you stop doing that <laughs> yeah. this uh this idea of tastemakers is odd and i guess that's always been a thing of like um you hear this uh like now we're at this point where um tastemakers are the people in the suits who are like this is a risky option i don't want to put this out uh, or and you hear about like back in the day of like Frank Zappa, he was on a major label where nothing like that was on a major label, and like the big wigs at that point were just like, look, I don't get it, but I'll I'll fund it. Yeah. Well, it was yeah, it was an aspect of like I don't understand it, but it makes me a lot of money. So yeah. Well, and let's let's take a chance on these artists. Yeah. Like artist and, development was well, a it's, much it's, bigger part of the main industry. Yeah, it's an investment, and you hope it pays off. And there's just largely like companies are less. Uh, like open to investments on things that are risky because they're not on an Excel spreadsheet that says like it's going to pay off or whatever. And weird example. So they're trying to fit music into like, you know, how the rest of their business works. Yeah. Weird example. But these shows like X Factor and American Idol, these, uh, you know, basically talent shows. Um, it's odd that there's so much, uh, like we put so much weight in that. Uh, and because when you really look at it, that has dropped the veil, and it's car crash TV. That's the point of those. No one's actually watching that to see Adam Lambert kick ass. They want to see the people who can't sing. I they did. want to see. I did. That's what I watched it for. Hagen. People want to see pants on the ground. That's what they want. Take a shit on the floor. No pants on the ground. Pants <laughs> on the ground. Looking like a fool with, with your pants, pants on, on the, the ground. ground. <laughs> no, I know. I just. I. I, I they I, want to see Benny Trong. Well, that, that was that guy's name, right? The guy who did uh, no, that, She Bangs. Was that his name? I think it was. Well, anyway, She Bangs that. Uh, maybe no. I got that wrong. Well, uh, the 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 thing that I like, I watched those shows because I was a a, a, a a like a giant nerd about singing and I wanted to watch like everyone sing something and see especially the voice I liked the voice, uh, but I totally get it because those shows were more for like shock value. It was more for the whole picture instead of uh, uh, let's hear the let's hear Kelly Clarkson again because that was you know yeah. you know that Kelly Clarkson was like the last one not the last one but Adam Lambert probably was the last one who's like gone like pretty far since winning but like yeah it's like well actually carrie underwood was on american um, idol i think the the boy band what's their fucking name one direction oh that's true that's true that's that true. was after adam that Lambert. was and that, but and that was that's x factor. factor yeah same thing now yeah, it's all the yeah, same producers yeah, yeah. and by the way it was william hung i apologize william hung that. that's it um what it, it's but i know it's car crash tv but at the end of it uh 
they have dropped the veil of the mu- music industry in a sense of like there's four people four people here are going to decide whether or not this person's talented and i, I think it was, i think it was dave Grohl who said this uh he um said like can you imagine uh bob dylan, bob dylan going on there <laughs> and you know having randy jackson say mm, that's a bit flat it's like yeah it is yeah but like i mean that that's that thing of like you shouldn't let that decide for you so i think i think that's kind of the pro- that, that that ends up being like this kind of like road that like music criticism meets where it's like this like this head where you have like one side like the side that i would be more leaning towards that's like some sort of merit in how music is performed right it's it's it it, it some sort of merit in like an, in in performance ability in the like in creative songwriting or just good songwriting. It can, it can be simple. It can be done before, but as long as it's good, it's good. Right. But still has like a, like a merit in the side of like being musically like, at, like good. Right. And then there's the side of like, just like kind of raw enjoying music, like the Bob Dylan argument. And that totally throws out any sort of like, not totally, but a lot of, a, a lot of times throws out the idea of like just being quote unquote good at music right? It's all about how it makes you feel, which is the subjective side. And I'm totally for that. But then we're back into the place where there is no like actual point of like, how do we judge this? Because you can't, you can't meet that middle, that middle, that middle ground, that middle ground doesn't exist. (laughs) So I think we've talked about the value as a listener, because we've discussed like, oh, this can for someone who is just getting into you know coming to their own uh, opinions just bought their first nirvana shirt yeah <laughs> has a has a record <laughs> at player Target or walmart at, which one uh, either or probably walmart <laughs> so they it kind of gives them a point to go towards um well and, and even arguably for people who are you know experienced listening to music if you will that's still a direction for like an album you might want to check out that maybe you're ignoring you know, your favorite reviewer is talking about it, for example, and they're talking favorably about it. You might be like, well, his, his taste aligned with mine. So I should go check that out. Absolutely. And I think the biggest example is that fetch the bolt cutters record. Yeah. I don't think as many people would have listened to it if it weren't for that. And that's awesome. It's a great situation of these critics seeing something and be like, people need to see this. All right. 10 out of 10 pitchfork doesn't do that. Yeah. 10 out of 10 from, from my perspective, I like, you know, when, when, I mean like, when I'm part of a release, I want people to review it. Like I want it so bad. I don't even care if it's bad. Yeah. I just want people to review it. I and it's so funny actually recently with like a lot of the Matthew and the Arrogant Sea stuff, that gets a lot of reviews. And it's so funny to hear like everybody talking. Like there's like two paragraphs about how how emotional and amazing Matthew's lyrics are, and then the bottom paragraphs about the band. And it's like it's usually like energetic energetic drums by Hagen Hauschio. The, the shit. drummer has no fucking taste. <laughs> He likes DC movies. Yeah. We actually <laughs> looked seven years ago. He did say, hashtag release the Snyder. <laughs> Cancel him. Uh, but I, I like that, just that one little sentence for some reason as an artist, I'm just like, yeah. Well, yes. I was, it was good. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask that question is what is the value as an artist? Is there a value? I, I'm the opposite of you. I never want to be reviewed ever. Um, the- I don't like it. The pro- so I, I think that I think that like the I also only... don't want you to talk to me about my music and I'm in a band with you. <laughs> there's just like some part of it where I'm like, look, 
let's figure out how this fucking thing works. But like, man, don't ask me what that means. Don't tell me how it makes you feel. I don't like it when Dave sings my lyrics, uh, like off to the side of the stage. It like freaks me out. I'm like, ah, oh no. Hey, I've been doing that for years before you gave me a mic. But you're doing it to the back of my head, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, you mean like when we're playing songs and, and you're I'm not singing the sing- lyrics? It makes me uncomfortable. And like, and I don't want you to stop. But I'm no, saying I'm, like, I'm, I can't help it. I love your lyrics. See, and that's what makes me uncomfortable. Jackson doesn't want to hear praise. You yeah. guys see my uh, Catholic upbringing. I can see your out. shoulders. <laughs> yeah, your shoulders are getting up. You're talking more with your hands. <laughs> yeah, it's my Catholic upbringing coming out. <laughs> you can't have anything good. Yep. I, I I think that. So the, what is the value as an artist? Was my question. The downside is that the value, regardless if you like it or not, is that like with the with the 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 Fiona Apple album, it got it like people hear it. It's it's more it's more press. Well, it That's puts the like idea. a spotlight on it. Yeah. So like if if you're let's say like Bandcamp does like the feature of the day thing, right? Is that is that what it is, or is it like the feature of the yeah, week? Yeah, the daily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if you're featured on that, that's a spotlight thing. It's not necessarily like a review, but then like if you're featured on like some even just like a small blog as a review, who knows how many people click on that? Who then like press play on the song? And it's a much it like it, it, it doesn't even matter if it's a bad or a good review. I was about to say it goes both ways because yeah. there's that Corey Feldman releases bad music after bad music. And it always gets like these like scathing reviews from like Pitchfork where it's like this is a zero, this is terrible. And guess what I do? I go and listen to a few songs because I'm like, what what does this sound like? Yeah, well, like I mean, like Kid Rock just released that one song. I'm yeah. surprised we haven't I'm talked so... about it. Um, <laughs> um, but like like that song is like hilarious from the perspective of me because I'm like, this is the dumbest fucking thing ever. But it's a horrible, problematic song. So there are people who think it's a great song yeah because they agree with it well there are people who also thought it was weird al yeah (laughs) that was really fun also can you imagine weird al coming out in the 21st century yeah like just starting now yeah it it, i don't know it's not really gonna happen yeah yeah it's Uh, like tenacious d it it was basically like weird al then tenacious d and now nothing maybe flight of the concords took it up for a bit and now then the lonely island and then what nothing there's no parody music really out there. Oliver Peck is kind of that way, right? Kinda, or sorry, yeah. Oliver Tree. Oliver Tree. Oliver who's, Tree. Yeah. Who's Oliver Peck? That's the he's a that's Canadian the, country singer. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Oliver Tree is kind of that way, and he's all of his stuff is memes, but the music is serious. It's, yeah, and it's actually good. Yeah, yeah it's very. It's good. really catchy. I, I was so confused when I first started to hear his stuff. I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah, yeah. I think. I, I, but the thing is that, like, this is this this is press, and 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 it, you know, it's not like the same concept as all like you know actual bad press, right? But I mean, it goes under the lines of any press is good press because people actually get to click play on your music if that's what you want. But because like, then there's the perspective of just like I want to release music, and it doesn't matter who clicks play on it, right? Bad uh, press is good press because like even this week. Um, this is a content warning talking about uh, uh, rape. Uh, there was that Marilyn Manson video that uh, Evan Rachel Woods has said that was real sex and I did not consent to it. Like I was forced into it. Yeah. And uh, it's in a music video of Marilyn Manson's. I guarantee you people are going back to that now and watching oh, it yeah. on YouTube because they're like, wow, this is crazy. That like that blows my mind that you would do that but that's one of those examples of like that is the worst press you can get yeah and it worked out in his favor yeah it bleeds it reads yeah. it's uh it's it's a it's a very strange thing so but, 
it it plays into uh, for well, there's two things I want to get out at once. I got to slow down. It's good for labels and stuff for bands to get reviews. Like if you if you're not on a major label, you can go well. Hey, there's lots of press about my band. Unfortunately, it's needed. The other thing is like back in like the 18th and 19th century, that was the only way that people would go see a show. Like, well, what are the reviews on yeah. this? Because there have been reviewers ever since music has started. Because well, that, that was the only way like to that. hear it was to know if it was worth your time and effort and money to go see it. Which but is that, a fair thing to think yeah. about. That like, hey, if I'm going to pay fifty dollars to go see Oliver Tree. Like, what are the reviews like? Well, what are people saying about his show? That's that's definitely still a big part of theater now. I mean, it's like if you if if like a, a a play or a musical premieres and the like whatever the big reviewer is goes and they are they're all waiting for the for for it to print. It's and the guy from it. Ratatouille. That's it. Yeah, um, they're all it waiting goes. for it to print and then they read it and if it's good then they know they're gonna at least have more shows. If it's bad, they're like, okay, well people are gonna come then. Like the movie Birdman, yeah. When uh, that reviewer is just like, "I'm gonna tear, I'm gonna ruin your production because you have no place in the theater." And yeah, it's like, "Oh, you're out to get me." <laughs> and there is that, there is that kind of thing of like, I think it's getting better. Um, but could you imagine, you know, a noise record getting reviewed by Rolling Stone in the early 2000s? I couldn't. But yeah. like, well, the, we're now a at this point, where, like those you know magazines that did reviews wouldn't have reviewed punk music either yeah right and i don't know if it's and i personally think it is this way there's more truth to this than there is the opposite um that i think what it is is it's the people who were into that at the time have now grown up and are the the people who are writing it's like jackass uh, forever getting these wonderful reviews well it's because the people who wrote that review where the people who grew, grew up, up with watching it. Jackass. Yeah. So, yeah. like, now we have noise records. We have Lingua Ignota getting these great reviews. I would have, that would have never been yeah. happening back then. Well, but, and but, I think it's, and they're actually analytically thinking about yeah. it. They're not sitting there saying, like, oh, this is good because it's fucking heavy. I think right. that, that's one aspect where uh, Pitchfork specifically is a good indicator of that because they, I would. I don't know if it's true, but it feels like they skew younger with their reviewers and their writers and stuff there in terms That's of like trying accurate. to capture like what's new and not just like, well, the music I grew up with is the only only real music. Everything else is not real. So, did we ever talk about that article that the Pitchfork put out last year of like if we could uh, change the reviews on these albums? I think we talked about it briefly. Well, we talked about the fact that they have changed. They 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 have they, changed. They reviews. will like revisit it reviews. Was yeah. Fucking insane. Well, and that's a huge thing with context. They gave uh, Andrew WK's um um partlets uh party party hard party hard whatever uh the first Andrew WK album. They gave that like a like a really bad review, and then now they've given it like uh retroactively like an eight or a nine, and just said like oh like in context blah blah blah. And that's one thing that's super fascinating about these things is every single one of these reviewers we've talked about has changed their opinion on things. Like Pitchfork gave Random Access Memories by Daft Punk like an 8.9 or something really high like that. And they have now said, oh, we think it's more of a 7 or a 6. And it's just like, damn, y'all really had to fucking do that, huh? And then the same thing with like Discovery by Daft Punk. They're like, we gave that a 7. We think it's a 10. And it's just like, that but like that's how we all do it i there's like there's there's so much music that i listen to now that i used like wilco is a huge example for me first time i listened to wilco i was like now this is super boring i don't like this tried for years to get into them i am now like 
head over heels for the band. Yeah, I, I, and I, vice versa. But you're not a prof- you're not a professional critic. Yeah, but yeah, I would but argue there is, is no such thing. Yeah, maybe. but yeah, exactly. What is what does that mean? That's the that's that's the kind of the heart of the whole thing. It's like professional critics for music. How do you get that job? What are the what are the qualifiers? You're for that? just better at putting words to the feelings that we're all feeling. Yeah, I think that's the difference. And I'm not saying take away the reviewers. No. I'm just saying that like if we can break down that stigma of like, oh well, you're not a professional reviewer or like they're a they are a professional reviewer then i think everybody can come out like you know enjoying things a little bit better on both sides yeah because how many times have you guys gone to watch a movie and you go let me check the rotten tomatoes score all the time and sometimes it'll be like rotten tomatoes gave it a 65 but the viewers rated it 93 you're like well what's going on there yeah all the time or amazon products or any time you buy something online you're like i want to see the reviews on this it's just odd. I mean, like, my, if I were to surmise everything that I'm saying, surmise? It doesn't matter. Um, summarize? Summarize? Maximize. Summarize. Yeah. Well, I think uh, that's, I, a, I, that's a more powerful word. Let's I think go with that one. If I was <laughs> to excise what I was going to say, exorcism. Exorcism. Circumcision. If you were to circumcise, then you're just circumcise it. Okay. Thank you. Um, I Really, for me, it's just like, what I like, I'm not going to stop reading and listening to reviews. And the reason why I do it is I like being part of the conversation. Yeah. And that's why. Yeah, that's think... that's totally reasonable to want to just review or listen to reviews or, you know, watch them and whatever to feel I'll... involved in that conversation and have maybe another a viewpoint that you wouldn't think of on your own either when you yeah. go listen to it. Like whenever we talk about an album on here or if we're talking about a musical, Hagen and me doing that. I try not to listen to any reviews until we've done it. Yeah. Because I don't want that to influence what my raw feeling is. Um, And then it's just like, I've gotten to this really good point. I feel personally like mentally of I'm able to listen to reviews and if they like it, that's awesome. If they, if they don't like something that I like, that's fine. I don't really care. It doesn't change how you feel about it. I no. I mean like sometimes they'll say something and I'm like, Oh yeah. I hear that, but like I yeah. still like it. I think I think the the thing that I like the most about reviews is um, it it has led me to discover cool shit. That's the biggest perk. I think I think that like so I don't actually I, I watch sometimes full Anthony Fantano videos, but a lot of times I'll just scroll his YouTube and just be like, what is he reviewing? I just want to know what he's listening to. Yeah. Um, because that like gives me new shit to check out, and sometimes I instantly don't like it, and sometimes I like uh, like I, he reviewed a, a a metal band Vane.fm. He gave it a six out of ten, but I was like, it's a, it, it's like a metalcore band. Uh, 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 he said there were some good qualities. I just want to listen to it and see. And I, I like that album a lot. So like, it's, it's, it's a great way to go discover music. Um, I think that like it's more power to you, Jackson, that what they say doesn't affect you. I won't say that it never affects. No, me. but but I'm saying that like I'm saying that like that that's a hard thing, right? Because that's again that's kind of the the, the the struggle is that sometimes what they say can influence the way that you feel. So yeah, like I'm pers- like I'm shocked you listen to Anthony Fantano at all because like he's said things like between the buried and me hasn't released anything good since colors that well, kind of he, thing. he's changed that because he thinks fix the air is like the best thing they ever put out which is a single off of colors too interesting <laughs> yeah but like it, it, it's one of those things where yeah like anthony fantano has said things and like reviewed albums in a way that i disagree with and but at the end of the day like I still respect his opinion, and I think he's like really articulate about it. He's not just yeah. putting it in a two-paragraph thing. He is breaking it down 
as much as he can song by song lyric by lyric everything it's, he's it's not crazy. just like there's no and pitchfork and rolling stone might do the same thing but like you don't see it that way it's not like him it's no. not like him the, the one thing i really there can don't only like be one <laughs> is is when uh critics review an album based on the artist's previous work that's i, I, I really yeah. don't like that well, don't it, review it for what it, it is in the moment not right. for what it what its predecessors were putting it in the context too is is hard to do right for the same kind of reason about like well we're putting in the context of like the you know other previous albums were really great and this one's not great and you're like well but is it a good album on its own because exactly. that's what people are wanting to listen to i think a huge offender of that is beck i love beck but since he's always quote unquote transcending genres like every two albums they like music critics just give him a free pass to pretty much do whatever he wants when he's doing something different it's a great album he put out those two pop records and like i totally fine if you like them but like i was like man this is such generic pop but like people were like the reviewers loved it and i think it was because it was like wow beck's doing pop now he just did you know morning phase and all that i think he gets such a free pass and like i love beck but like i think that's a great example of like man some of Beck's stuff doesn't work. Or like Weezer. It's like, well, it's not as good as the Blue Album. True. <laughs> I've yeah. said that out loud like myself. I'm, you yep. know, I have to check myself on that sometimes. Oh, but that's I think that's a fine thing to say because you know you're you, like a band sets a standard that you want, and it well, you have to remember that like bands can grow and change and stuff. But at the end of the day, like like let's I'll, I'll use a, a poster example. It's right behind you on the giant. Like like I'll always listen to. You want me the, to hit that one too? Hit it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the bag. <laughs> I think that like I love their first album and I love their second album. Their third album I'm good with. Fourth album, fifth album, big old fucking stinkers because they're not like the first and second. Like they're not they're not like the first albums, and that sucks from some perspective because it's like oh I want this to be a certain way, but like we can only as listeners like know what we've ever like what 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 we can reference is that so. Um, I don't know, and it's it. But I will say, if a reviewer says that, I'm like, ugh, this is this. That's not a valid review of an album, right? Because that isn't a reason why something is bad. That's a reason why you don't like something. An album is bad because of different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like Jay Z said, if you want my old shit, buy my old album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all got anything else to say, or you want one more question? Let's do another question. Question right. me, Daddy. I think I got plenty of questions I could throw y'all. I think this is the easiest one and i'm going to give you all a hint on this uh do you, do you feel bad for us because we got it wrong earlier it was very hard to get right i mean yeah. you had a hundred <laughs> options yeah, yeah i just love that drink drink <laughs> wrong drink, drink. <laughs> all right so this is pitchfork's most used rating it has been used 1414 times since 1999 i'm going to give you a hint it is a clean number it is a point oh hmm. So you have 10 options. That's surprising that it's like a an even number like that. And I'm going to give everybody a chance to answer before I tell you if you're right or not. I'll guess seven. Okay. Six. It's not that hard, Adam. Those are both numbers I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> you can do it. Do it. Pick one. I would say seven. Drink. Hagen. Fuck. Yep. There's a lot of... This is a pretty... Like, I hate that they... I, I feel like eight would be way too high. Are you going to give us another question? 
Uh, do you want another? Yeah, let's do it. Well. I'm to... not going to shoot again, but yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> artists with the average, uh, the highest average scores. So there are six artists that they've said have the highest average score. Uh, I'll give you those scores right now, but I'm not going to tell you the artists. Um, 8.9, 8 8.6, 8.2, 8.1, 7.9, 7.9. And we have to guess the artists? There's yeah, six artists. Just give me, give me, each of you give me one artist. Billie Eilish. Wrong. Radiohead. Wrong. Fire. Wrong. Damn it. The Beatles. That's the oh, easiest bullshit. one. Oh, bullshit. Oh, no. What the fuck? You're not allowed to review what? the Beatles. It's right. It's, hey, look, they're making the rules. My How old is Pitchfork? 1999. Yeah. Right. They're not allowed to review the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. This okay. Is bullshit. Or you're going to hate that, this that, next that's, one. That's 1999, a, look, like I should have known that. Y'all are going to hate this next that's one. That's a slam dunk for them. They can just go, yeah, these albums are great. Everybody <laughs> else did the work. They're great. Miles Davis. What the fuck? What the fuck? All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Kanye West. Okay, yeah, I should, yeah, we should have okay. said Kanye. We, we should have guessed We should have yeah. said Kanye. Prince. That's accurate. Uh, uh, okay. Prince released stuff. Like it's 1999. Not yeah. accurate. But Prince released stuff, yeah. yeah. Arthur like Russell. Production. I don't know who Arthur Russell is. Do y'all? No, but Pitchfork no. probably loves him, right? Yeah, apparently. 7.9 average Arthur out of 14 Russell. albums. Brian Eno. Brian Eno uh, has okay, the largest. Okay, that's that's more recent. So if you see what they've done, they give this little like uh, the tally of how many um, uh, uh, albums they've reviewed. Forty nine from Brian Eno. Did you fucking that read the artist in... with lowest average scores? Yeah. Foo Fighters. No. <laughs> I'm not shocked. Yeah, of course. Oh, Pitchfork no. doesn't like the Foo Fighters. Damn it. Uh, yeah. Uh, are, there's this one that's like top 10 most reviewed artists and I was like well this is just the people who've released, released the most. a lot yeah like exactly. of montreal is on this album i'm like yeah they release like four albums a year arthur russell um uh, uh passed away in 92 so this is another person who yeah they're not allowed to do uh was a an american cellist composer producer singer musician from iowa whose work spanned a, a, a range of styles trained in contemporary experimental composition and indian classical music uh, Russell relocated Bob, but anyway, yeah. So apparently, it was in disco as a cellist. It it doesn't seem right that you can review stuff that came out before, like not in the time period it came out in. It's a then, slam dunk. Well, because you're just coming in with like that context, like you were saying, so they, Dave, about I, like well, everybody liked the Beatles, so we can't <laughs> not like the Beatles. They have a best reissue uh, category where they talk <sighs> about that kind of stuff. <sighs> Nobody cares about that. Or 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 now that vinyl's a thing, people really do. Well, care. yeah, but they okay, have to review. That's different though, because those may be mastered differently. You're reviewing packages and and mastering. You're not reviewing. It's ah, whatever. I I, I think it's so, it'd be so funny for them to review what's that Miles Davis record? The uh, uh, sketches in Spain or uh, Bitches Brew? Bitches Brew. If they reviewed that like horribly. That'd be super yeah. funny. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, this is a really interesting uh, article, or whatever you want to call this, but, like, they have, like, albums that received zeros. There's only nine of them. There's one album that has received both a 10 and a zero. I've never heard of this album. It is by Robert Pollard, and the album came out in 2005. It is called Relaxation of the Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> It received a zero and a ten. So Correct. did they go from a ten to a nobody zero? Received it, nobody reviewed it a two? No, I'm sure they nice. went from a zero. Because <laughs> it's poop. That's awesome. It oh. went from a zero oh. to a ten. Oh, my God. Yeah, so this it's just interesting to see the yeah. statistics of, like, 27,000-plus reviews. It's interesting. I mean, it's, uh, it's, do it's interesting, hear? but this does point out a, like, big flaw with how Pitchfork does it, at least, about, like, just going back and changing our opinions dramatically. Yeah. Like, since I, it, and it's almost always going to be a different reviewer. When they change their opinions, do they still keep the old score visible? 
Yeah, they say they say they, it's they like don't that. change. Okay, they, yeah, they yeah. double dip on you know so twice as many links to their website now. They only did that Andrew WK one because he did a reissue, and so Random Access Memories is still at that high level. Discovery is still at that low level. Uh, they were just saying if we could, we would do this. Yeah, yeah. So the artist with the lowest average scores, since you guys have already seen it, uh, it's Weezer, Foo Fighters, Coldplay, Eminem, Madonna. Nine Inch Nails. What a truly hilarious list. Interpol and Lil Wayne. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that it's an interesting article. Uh, that's huh. all we have to say about this. Y'all want to talk about what we're listening to and yeah. give them some brand spanking new re- uh, reviews? I got to go first because um, I got to go do something. Yeah. Um, so I have been listening to a lot of stuff, actually. Um, I'm going to talk about three of those things. One being the new Midlake record for the sake of Bethel Woods. Um, I, I am in awe of so many aspects of this record, but of course, as a drummer, I'm most in awe of Mackenzie Smith's drumming on this. Uh, it's like, you know, you know, indie folk, right? Would that be a good genre to yeah, put them under? Yeah. It just sounds like Radiohead. <laughs> Well, Pitchfork would give it a zero out of zero if they sounded like the Foo Fighters. So, yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I like I think what he does in the space of indie drumming, especially indie folk drumming, but indie drumming is like no one else. Uh, it's very, very creative. Um, he takes his like his kind of like jazz chops, I suppose, and puts them into a, a place where it's not like overdone. You don't feel like you're listening to this like really aggressive like lots of drums thing um it's it's very very uh, it's it's incredible um i would highly suggest listen to that and the drums sound beautiful oh my god you can actually the hear the record. tom ring in a way where it doesn't bother you it's so fucking good um and then uh uh may earl wine released a single called easy i think easy is going to be my song of the year <laughs> i've already listened to it so fucking much it's such a simple song it's absolutely incredible and then today i was listening to um the Modest Mouse record before the ship even sank because it's their 15 15 year anniversary. And I was reminded of the fact that that is my favorite Modest Mouse record. And it's just like, yeah, you can say what you want. It's fine. I know it's a, I I have bad taste. We've been over this. No, It's not the best Modest Mouse (laughs) record, but it's a good one. It's the one that got me into it. And of course it makes sense that it's my favorite because of course I can't always stand the fact that Isaac Brock can't sing. Um, but also oh, just because he has a list, that's <laughs> fucked, dude. But also that's the that's the Johnny Marr record too, right? Yep. And that's that's also a Joe Plummer playing drums on it. It's a phenomenal record. So if you haven't ever like if you haven't listened to that album, you've, I'm sure you've heard Dashboard. Uh, but if you haven't heard that record, I highly suggest going back and listening to that. Miss the Boat is such a good song. It's a fucking great record. Oh, carry it all so well. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't I want checked you out... to take his album. No, it's fine. No, it's... I checked out the new 21 Pilots record, the newest one. It's pretty different, and it's actually really interesting. And I don't know why I was worried y'all were going to take my album. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a couple more. Uh, Ghosts Upon the Earth by Gungor. It's an older record, and I think they're vaguely like a Christian band. Okay. But it's super good. Are they Christian in the sense of like under oath Christian, or are we? Talking I think about so. Yeah, like... they they have like uh, basically worship lyrics, but okay. it's like progressive indie music, and it's really interesting. I'll show you some of it when we're done. I saw the funniest TikTok of like when uh, Under Oath uh, said that they're no longer a um, a Christian band, and it's like someone looking around and going, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so funny. And Hagen was saying that he's uh, been. Sh- 
really nailing it, giving me suggestions. And he did because there's one called an album called The Other Side by Christian Lopez, and it's also really good. I don't know how to describe it though. Cool. Uh, I've been listening to uh, Charlie XCX's new album, Crash. Um, I'm a big XCXter, I believe is what they called him. Or, uh, oh man, uh, Little Angels? No, fuck, I don't know what they call him. Charlie's Angels? That might be it. That sounds. That, I think that's that sounds it. good. If that's I, not it, I think they just call that. you an angel. But like, oh. yeah, I fucking love that record. Um, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, uh, I'm gonna give it a couple more listens, but it's her last uh, album on her like five album contract, and I'm looking forward to you know seeing, uh, you know what she does next. Uh, she did a really good interview with Zane Lowe where she talked about how, um, you know. For years, he had been a stan of hers saying, like, man, you're so out of the curve. When is pop music going to catch up to you? And pop music has. Like, glitch music is now super popular. And she's just talked about how, like, it, like I wanted that five years ago. I'm moving on to something else now. So, like, yeah, it's cool. But, like, it also kind of, like, feels shitty. So, like, you know, Charlie XCX. I love it. That's what I've been listening nice. to. Album? Um, I also listened to Midlake's new album and their previous album, which came out about a decade ago at this point. Uh, and they're both great. Uh, everybody should go check them out, especially if you've never listened to them, but you've just heard their name around. Uh, they're both, I mean, they're, they're similar enough, but they're also, you know, fairly different at the same time, but they're both worth your time. Yeah. I believe that's all we've been listening to. Um, just, uh, Dave, look at me. Look at me, Dave. Sorry. Your lip is not bleeding. Good. It feels a lot better. Yeah. Don't Happy worry. Oh my god. You. Is that soap Happy and cheesecake? And an uncrustable? <laughs> <laughs> Only the finest. Dude, the last time we hung out, oh fuck, is that from is that from your mom? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm taking that home, right? Pagan. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dave. Out. Happy birthday. Uh, this is so funny because I mentioned uh the last time we hung out. We hadn't hung out in a while and I was like, I got dinosaur chicken nuggets. <laughs> Uh, I was super excited about it because we played Truth or Dab. Yeah. And then I was like, I was so excited. I called my wife. It was like, should I get Uncrustables? And she was like, no, you don't. You shouldn't do that. It was like, they're delicious. It is Dave's actual birthday. As yeah, we're it's my birthday today. Yeah. So, yeah. Happy birthday. So happy birthday. Uh, we are very uh, lucky to have you on the show. Even I don't know why you're on the show sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. always question why. <laughs> Drunk Adam said that to me one night. I don't know why you're even on the show. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck, as Cal. as we're as we're walking out of the out the door, it yeah. just doubles yeah. down on it. Yeah, Jeez. so good. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Dave! Happy let's birthday. enjoy some cheesecake and uh, and let's get the fuck out of here. You guys, you guys, good? Anything else? Yeah, social media, you know. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please follow or subscribe uh, uh, on whatever podcast app you are using. If you're on social media, you can follow us on Instagram DFTA Podcast. On Facebook, don't feed the artists. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a five star review because that helps out a lot. My mom asked. How the other day that was really funny, um, but thank you, mom, for Wait, leaving I'll a five star give us review. Like a three. <laughs> that, is, that is like a good question, though. They don't make it obvious. They, well, yeah, yeah, it's very, very true. Um, and thank you for the cheesecake, mom. This is going to be very yeah. good. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. And fuck off. Get me a cheesecake. <laughs>